0: This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hi everyone, it's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am excited today to have an author interview. Not my typical author interview. Instead of this being a spiritual-based book on how to grow spiritually, I am interviewing, I am speaking with Carolyn Asfalk, who is a writer of Catholic fiction, which I love. I have read all of her books, except the latest one, and um, I am very excited to speak with her today. So welcome, Carolyn.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So uh, I always, you know, I'm always intrigued by people who write fiction, because I think wow, I, I don't think I could ever do that. So how did you get started writing fiction?
1: Well, my background was in nonfiction, mostly public relations work, uh, journalism. And I almost started fiction, I, I would say, kind of on a lark. I was hearing people uh, doing the National Novel Writing Month Challenge, which is every year in November. And the challenge is to write 50,000 words in a month. Uh, you're not expected to have a coherent book at the end, but it should be a good start. So at the time, my, I only had two children. They were very young. And my husband was traveling for work. So I had the time <laughs> to do it, which I lack now. And, but that's how I started, by doing that. And it wasn't until I had something sort of complete, a complete draft at least, that I had to figure out, well, what is this? And what am I doing with it? And that's when I discovered really that what I was writing was contemporary Catholic fiction. And then I went about discovering what there was and what was going on in Christian fiction. So I, I kind of came at it, um, not with a clear purpose, sort of fell into it, I guess, in a way.
0: I always think that's interesting when people say they felt fall into things because I, um, like you would like to probably, I would like to credit that to the Holy spirit, right? Because even when we don't know the plan, he knows the plan. Right. Exactly. Um, thank, thank God. God he does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what what is the title of your first book?
1: My first book, the first one published was Stay With Me. I, they kind of were published in a different order than they were written. So Rightfully Hours was the first one written, but the first one published was Stay With Me, which was in 2015.
0: Okay. And what do you like about writing contemporary Catholic fiction?
1: Well, I'll tell you, contemporary, first of all, I'm writing something historical now. And boy, contemporary is easier <laughs> because I don't have to do all the research. So these stories kind of flow naturally uh, from my experience. And as a Catholic, I really can't write something. I don't think that doesn't come with that worldview. Even if I write something that's not explicitly Catholic with sacraments and things like that, the lens through which I see the world is Catholic. And so those themes tend to recur when I write things about mercy or redemption or um, a lot of what I write has an emphasis on human sexuality and what I've absorbed over the years from Pope St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. So again, what I am is kind of what I write.
0: So you mentioned um, Theology of the Body. And so would you say that what you're looking to do is really to look at our culture that we live in now and say, look, this is how Catholicism can impact our daily life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The stories that I write are real and contemporary. And so I deal with pornography and disagreements on faith and sexuality and premarital chastity and abortion and regrets and seeking forgiveness and mercy. So I, I don't, whitewash what's going on in the world i try to have real human problems that people can relate to and people that integrate their faith into their life and that's how they address those problems they're not perfect they're not even perfect at the end of the book but in some way they've encountered god and their lives uh, at least have a, a purpose and a sense of of what's what's right and what's wrong and how how integral faith is to life
0: I do. I know in what I've read, I appreciated the fact that it was for certain real problems that real people face and really, how do you wrestle? How do you, uh, how do you look at your life in terms of Catholicism and say, okay, how does this problem that I'm having, how can it be solved? How can it be helped by what the church has to offer? What the tradition ha- tells me about how to live a good life? Uh, and so, I, f- I found also that your characters were very real, not, uh, not Pollyanna-ish, right? The struggles were honest um, and really heartfelt, I thought, um, not, not whitewashed at all, which I appreciate that. Um, because if you say that you're writing a book for you know, Catholic women that's contemporary, um, to pretend that the problems of the world don't exist, well, that's not really being contemporary then. And I think you've done a, a very nice job of showing the problems, but as you just pointed out, the redemption and the mercy that God offers us when we fall away.
1: Well, yeah, thank you. That's, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I don't think anyone enjoys uh, reading characters that aren't relatable because they're perfect, because none of us are perfect. And also nobody likes being preached at. So I don't wanna do either of those things. I want people to see through the way these characters live and grow, how that relates to their own problems and own circumstances in their lives.
0: So who would you say uh, in terms of like your audience? So women predominantly? Right.
1: Predominantly women since it's, they tend to be romances with one that's maybe an exception that's more contemporary fiction. So I do have a handful of men that regularly read them and enjoy them and are usually surprised that they've read a romance and they've enjoyed it because it's, while it follows the basic formula of a romance, there's a lot more going on. So you alluded to all the the deeper issues. So we're not just talking about a romance, but we're dealing with forgiveness and pornography use and, and things like that. So there's a meteor story, but primarily it's women that, that gravitate to the stories and um, Christian women in general, but these, my stories are very specifically Catholic. They can definitely be enjoyed by non-Catholic Christians or anybody that's open to faith in their life, but the characters are Catholic. So usually one or more of the main characters characters are practicing Catholic. So you just see how they live their life. They pray, they go to mass, they're not beating other characters over the head with it, but that's how they live. So I think it, especially, when our Christian publishing market primarily appeals to evangelical Christians, and that's what's represented, it's refreshing for Catholics to be able to pick up a Christian book and see Catholic characters reflected so that they can see characters that receive the sacraments. They go to confession, they go to mass, they pick up a rosary, because I know that so often I read Christian books that I, I enjoy immensely, and so often I'm screaming at characters like, you need to go to confession. <laughs> they're trying to, they're seeking forgiveness, but they don't have access to the sacraments. So I think as Catholics, it's, it's good for us, at least some of the time, to be able to pick up a book and see our faith lives reflected there.
0: Yeah, especially for people maybe who, um, maybe who struggle to see the practical aspects of how do you apply Catholicism in your everyday life. Um, and there are lots of, books that talk about that, but the fact that there are these works of fiction that show people acting out in their ordinary life, their faith. And I think that is so, so important. Um, that's actually really what this whole, whole premise of my entire podcast is, which is how do we live out our faith on a practical level in our daily life? Um, and so your books, I, again, um, do an excellent job of portraying people who do that along with the whole making mistakes and seeking forgiveness and being shown mercy, not only by God, but from the other people and the, the other characters in in the story, which I think is so important. Um, and it's funny, I was laughing to myself when you said, you know, you're screaming at people go to confession. Um, you know, <laughs> and Because I, I think about that sometimes when I'm reading and I love. I am an avid reader, and I don't nearly read as much as I would like to. Um, and so I don't want to have to read books where I have to skip parts of it because I, I don't like what the author has written. You know about different sexual scenes or, right. or profane, you know, profanity. And again, it's not as if I'm a stranger to any of that. I live in this world like everybody else does. But you just want to be able to read a good book, you know, right? Um, with a good storyline. With reality in it. And I think, um, you've definitely, you know, checked all those boxes, so to speak. Oh, thank you. Um, who else would you say like what age group would this, would the books be most appropriate for?
1: So most of my books are written for adults. The, the exception being uh, the novel rightfully ours, which is the coming of age story. And that one is geared to teens on up and the main characters are teenagers and the novel It centers around a treasure hunt. It's kind of interesting, actually, based on lost gold that could be in Pennsylvania that was making its way during the Civil War, during the Battle of Gettysburg, to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. So the gold was never recovered. There actually are people out there still hunting for this gold. So that factored into the story, and I was able to take – treasure hunt there and related to the treasure that God gives us in our lives and, and human sexuality. And so it ended up being simultaneously a treasure hunt and a book about premarital chastity. And so that one is good for, I'd say it depends on the child. Every parent knows their child best and when they're ready for something like that. But I think it's particularly good for teens that are in uh, steady relation, dating relationships that, um, I think sometimes we think, oh, it's only the bad kids that struggle with their having sex before marriage and stuff, but it's the good kids <laughs> too. And so this explores a lot about temptation and chastity and the reasons that uh, it's good to work with God's design for, for marriage and family life. So that one in particular, and that one is also part of the Catholic Teen Books Collection, is, which is a collaborative effort that I'm involved in with other authors. And those books are aimed primarily at Christian, specifically Catholic teens.
0: Okay. Well, great. I will um, put some links in the show notes uh, to your website. But tell us, too, where can people find your books?
1: They can find them on all the major retailers, so Barnes & Noble and Amazon and Bookshop. And any Catholic bookstore, your local Catholic bookstore, small bookstore can order them. They can be accessed that way.
0: Okay, And, and they're were, available
1: on ebook. So, you know, Kindle, Kobo, Milk, all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. I mean, that's what I was going to ask you if they're yeah. also available on, on uh, electronic downloads. Yes. Um, yes. That, that's great. And what about uh, if they want to read more of what you're writing?
1: Well, I have an active blog on my website. So I review a lot of Catholic fiction there. And if you sign up for my newsletter there, you can see what I'm working on next. So I have a story I've been working on for a while about a Bigfoot hunter, (laughs) um, which actually somehow will relate, it'll make sense in the end. Um, And also another teen novel um, with some characters in Northern Pennsylvania and uh, may work in something there about the dangers of the occult. Oh,
0: interesting. So um, I've heard uh, fiction writers say that sometimes they don't really know what their characters are going to do like as the story progresses. So is that how it works?
1: I usually have a general sense. Like I spend months thinking about these characters and putting them in scenes before I actually write. So I have a general idea, but usually as I write, there is, I wouldn't say I'm shocked or surprised by what they do, but I definitely take things in a different direction. I'm not someone that plots out every detail. I have a basic framework and a theme and then I just kind of let it go.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Fiction writing just seems very amazing to me. I can't even muster up like a a short story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, it's very, it is very different from nonfiction, but I'm surprised often what the subconscious does and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I'll get done with a book and I'm like, Hey, I didn't even see that that theme resonates here, here, and here. And it's kind of amazing how things will intersect by the time it's all done.
0: Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit is always amazing um, and it, it always amazes me how much better things are when we work in tandem rather than Yes, um, definitely. Because well, people do that as well. Um, all right. So this is great. I just, I really, again, th- I don't want to sound like a commercial um, because that certainly is not the point of this conversation that Carolyn and I are having, but I do want to encourage you, if you're looking for great books that you don't have to skip sections of because they're embarrassing or, you know, just something that is really relatable in terms of life today. I highly highly encourage you to check out Carolyn's work and her books and to keep informed with her projects. Um, anything else that you wanna say about your fiction or anybody else's fiction? Mm.
1: Just, I guess, a general plug for Catholic fiction. I, I think fiction is so valuable because it lets us empathize with characters and we absorb information in a way we cannot with nonfiction, which is valuable and has a place too, but it helps you internalize things in a different way. And to do that through the worldview of Catholics and especially for young people, I think too, is very important. And it's a way of growing spiritually without, you know, memorizing lists or this or that, but just internalizing how I see the world through as a, as a Catholic.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. So I want to thank you again for being on the show. And we will drop links to all of your titles in the show notes. And I want everyone to encourage everyone to take a look and to read a great book in the upcoming week. And actually, that is going to be our Not Lukewarm Challenge. Um, it would... I don't know that I can tell you, you have to read one of Carolyn's books, uh, but I would definitely say in the week that comes up, you're not lukewarm challenge, go ahead and let's read a book, read a work of fiction um, that is going to be good, not only for your mind to help you relax and unwind, but also good for your soul. So go ahead and take a look at some great fiction, Catholic fiction, Christian fiction this week as your Not Loop Home Challenge. So have a great week, everyone, and I will see you all again next week. God bless you all. Hey, two quick things I wanted to remind all of my listeners about. One is the Catholic Moms Summit going on November 13, 14, and 15. If you are interested in attending this free virtual event, check out the links to register in the show notes for this week. And then additionally, if you could do me a great big favor and leave a review of the podcast, wherever it is you listen to the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. So thank you. And I hope you all have a great week.